0: From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's That Josh Arnold Podcast. Oh, hello there, my goodness. If it isn't the, uh... mean, hey, look here, is it the last week of January? Yes. Officially ends Sunday, Wow. Man, it flew, didn't it? My gosh. And We are in the heart of winter. And uh, you can tell. You can tell. Uh, well, maybe not where you're at. Maybe you... Well, wherever you're at, I'm sure it feels like your winter. But here in the Midwest, it is cold and icy and uh a little bit of snow and whatnot. But that's all right. It's warm here in the basement. Why, you ask? Well, because... This week's guest is uh, just full of warmth, and I sure am happy to have them. Uh, This week's guest, of course, is you! Oh my gosh, good to see you. You're looking good. I hope you're feeling good as well. Um, Oh, I I should kind of keep my voice down. There's a a lady down here in the basement like going through some old files or something. I don't know what she's looking for. I've never seen her before. Um, but she's over there working, getting out some of those bankers boxes. Like, I guess they're, I don't know. Must be some, uh, paperwork that she needs to find. So, um, if I get quiet, it's because she's nearby and I don't want to interrupt what she's doing. So anyway, uh, she doesn't, uh, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with her being here, but I'm, i I would never let her know that. I mean, that's just, she's just doing her job. I don't know what Tom's got her looking for. Anyway. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, uh, well, thank you for coming back. And if you're uh, brand new to that Josh Arnold podcast, my gosh, thank you for giving this a taste, huh? Hope you enjoy it. Uh, the sponsor this week, um, is a good one. It's an important one. Maybe not one that's on the top of your minds here in the winter, but I think that's why they're advertising. Um, it goes, they're, uh. Exposure goes down a little bit at this time of year. Uh, very popular in the summer. But I think good all all year round. Are we Our sponsor this week, Ice Cubes. And uh, my gosh, what would we do without them? Well, we'd have warmer drinks, wouldn't we? That's no good. Ice Cubes are perfect. They, they chill your drink there. Um, man, I mean, you ever had a hot Sprite? That is not enjoyable. You get uh, if you've got uh, a two-liter, let's say it's been sitting in a car or something, and and you just drink it hot. Ugh. But man, if you got some ice cubes to put in there and, and uh, cool uh, cool that uh, <laughs> that drink down, that is that's really something. Ice. Uh, sometimes things are too hot. You need to make them cooler. Uh, coffee. You know, maybe you. Oh man, I want that coffee right now, but boy, that burns my lips. I throw in a little, ice, a few ice cubes. Uh, I mean, heck, without uh, ice cubes, we wouldn't have, well, uh, in a a sense, snow cones or ice cream. Those are good treats, right? I prefer the ice cream over the snow. I've never really been a big snow cone guy, even as a kid, going to the snow cone stand. You know, everybody getting their pina colada or their... uh, Tiger's Blood. I remember being a very popular flavor. I don't know if that's regional or not, but it was, uh, it was, it's called, it was huge in the St. Louis area, Tiger's Blood. Every snow cone stand had it. And um, it was kind of fruity, but sometimes it was like, uh, I remember one place it was silver in color, but it tasted sort of like uh, strawberry. And other times it was like the color of blood. It may be very regional. I don't know, but Tiger's Blood was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the name of the snow cone flavor. I think all the like little boys like to get it because it was sort of badass. I want a, a, a tiger's blood. But anyway, ice cubes. And uh, they don't have to be cubes. They can be, um, well, they've got those new orb, like those uh, ice cube holders that are like, they, they they turn the ice into perfect circles that kind of fill your glass. Man, those are cool. And uh, how about barrel ice? Oh, my gosh. That crunchy Barrel shaped, that is that's excellent, excellent stuff. And um, uh, yeah, ice cubes—they help. Uh, they can help if uh, if you if you've got sore muscles or something. You can <laughs> fill a bag with ice cubes and you know ease uh, ease some of that discomfort. Dry ice is always fun. Not really for beverages. I mean, I guess you could put some in a beverage and make it look like you're drinking some sort of magic potion or something. But uh, anyway. Thank you, Ice Cubes, for sponsoring the podcast this week. Why don't you enjoy some Ice Cubes today? Uh, we've got a fun word coming up here uh, for vocabulary station. I uh, got a very nice email about one of our past words from a fellow named William Blair. Good guy; he sends me uh, interesting stuff a lot and very friendly, very erudite. He uh, said that the word "zantippy." Remember that one? From a couple weeks ago, Zantippe. I hope you were able to use it at some point. It means uh, a shrewish woman, a nag sort of thing. He uh, he said that Zantippe was the name of Socrates' wife. And that's where the word came from. I had no idea. No idea. And quite honestly, I haven't followed up on this. I, I did not vet this information. Uh, uh, Mr. Blair could be lying to all of us. I doubt it, but Xantippe. Uh, <laughs> you have to wonder if Socrates' wife was such a shrew um, that, uh, I mean, if that's where the word came from, it must, she must have been uh, unpleasant to be around. And then other men started sa- telling their wives, hey, don't be a Xantippe. How dare you? I can only, <laughs> I mean, I don't speak Greek. I would imagine it was... Uh, uh, you know, how dare is you is or something, but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, very interesting, but this week uh, a fun word and um, it's uh, well, without any further ado, why don't we hop on board here and uh, make our way to Vocabulary Station ah. boy, oh boy Nothing like a good uh, train ride, huh? And uh, it's especially good when you know that our destination is Vocabulary Station, where this week's word is a noun, and it's a hyphenated word. Omnium gatherum. That's right, omnium gatherum, and it means a miscellaneous collection. So if you open up uh, your drawer at work there, I'm sure you have an omnium gatherum of office supplies. Um, A buddy of mine has an omnium gatherum of baseball memorabilia. They're not all baseballs. They're not all helmets. He's got gloves, helmets, bats, everything. An omnium gatherum. Pretty wild. It's a fun word. Uh, why be boring and just say man that's quite a miscellaneous collection you've got there no say omnium gatherum and uh try to use it this week at home at work wherever um <laughs> I don't know what omnium gatherums I have. I, I I'm not a huge collector i' I do collect one thing um and only and that's uh, i I'm trying to get every First, uh, uh, Stephen King first edition hardcover. And I've, uh, there are like three or four that I'm still trying to find that I don't have. And like in really good condition is what I'm trying to find, like sort of mint condition hardcover Stephen King first editions. That's what I'm, I'm looking for. And, uh, I've got a nice uh, shelf, a big bookshelf, uh, uh, filled with them. Um, there are still, uh, A couple books I I need, uh, they're hard to find. I need a first edition Gunslinger, um, and I need a first edition The Stand, not the um, unabridged version, the original like 77 or whatever, and uh, a few others. But uh, if you have any, let me know. I'd be interested in uh, working something out. By that, I mean giving you money for them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, I've I've bought a few off of Mercari. I, I go to uh, used bookstores and find them, and I, I like them in really good condition. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, I just I, I would like to get every first edition Stephen King, and uh, not really a book club edition. I'm not really looking for those. I'm looking for first. Adi- why do you care? Anyway. <laughs> um, but if you do know somebody or you have some, uh, contact me. Josh podcast at bobandtom.com. I'd be inter- and send photos because I'm picky. And uh read the first chapter on a <laughs> an audio message and include that. No, don't do that, please. Anyway, uh where were we? Vocabularies omnium gatherum. That's a fun one. Boy oh boy. I bet uh, if you think about it, you could figure out what kind of omnium gatherum you may be near. Um I enjoy that. You know what else I enjoy? I'm about to tell you, because right now it's time for what I enjoyed this week. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, look who it is. It's the master of horror himself, Stephen King, walking down the street there. And doesn't he look happy? He is happy. You know why? Because... Um, He's very rich. <laughs> uh, no, you know why he's happy? He just figured out the ending for his latest novel. It was eluding him. Um, it's it's what he considers to be his latest masterpiece, and he couldn't quite figure out how to cap it off. And my gosh, he was there in a diner in Bangor, Maine, and uh, sipping some coffee, and it came to him. So now he's hopping down the, the road there to get home to hammer it out. Oh, good for you, Kingy. Good. For you, we look forward to reading it. What I enjoyed <laughs> this week, um, I'm sure uh, there's got to be a good amount of you who are already on board with this, who are familiar with it. Um, Chick McGee recommended this to me. It's a TV show, and he had been recommending it to me for months. And uh, I, I, you know, I didn't bite. Um, I uh, at, r- right quick, and then he sent me some clips from it, and I enjoyed them very much and laughed. Uh, But it's only been recently, it's on Hulu, and I'll be honest, last week I finally got Hulu. I just haven't, I didn't have it. I barely. I don't watch my Netflix a lot, um, and uh, I have got Amazon Prime, and I don't watch that a ton. And I was like, I don't think I need another streaming service. Well, I'm happy that I joined Hulu, and uh, one of the main reasons is because of this show. It's a Canadian comedy, Um, you know, your standard 22-minuter. It's called Letterkenny. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not for everybody. It is, uh, quirky and bizarre and, uh, also foul mouthed and, um, weird. Um, it, I love it. I love it. Um, and I, uh, I thanked the chick for introducing it to me because boy, does it make me laugh out loud. It's, uh, about a small Canadian town, um, of, of, of 5,000 people or so. And, uh. Well, they say that this town has, uh, you could be one of three types of people. A hick is how they refer to it. It's a farming town. So the farmers, they call hicks. And the uh, hockey players are the second category. And they're sort of these um, uh, goofy jocks. And then uh, skids is what they call the third category. And those are, those are sort of your meth heads. Uh <laughs> So there are a bunch of very colorful characters. Very, um, it's simultaneously witty and and uh, crass and silly, and it's just got all all levels of humor and the use of slang in, in this show, particularly you know Canadian slang that we may not be used to. I'm I might be more. Familiar with some of it than uh, the average viewer because of my interest in hockey, and uh, um, so when uh, you know some of these guys are chirping at each other and they're using certain phrases, they're phrases I've heard before because I've been lucky enough to spend a lit a, a very little amount of time in um, NHL, a couple of NHL locker rooms, and uh, um, sit. Uh, you know, if you've ever been lucky enough to sit behind the bench at a hockey game, whether it be NHL or any minor league or whatever you can hear these guys talk and not only will you quickly learn that they are uh, uh just foul-mouthed uh they're also pretty clever in the way they use uh words so um uh it may it may not be easy to follow necessarily but uh look you're either gonna like it or you're gonna or you're not and uh I'll tell you what I'm really enjoying it. Um, if you don't, I would never argue with you. It's not for everybody, <laughs> but uh, maybe give it a shot if you're uh, if you don't mind some very R-rated language and a lot of silliness. Uh, Letter Kenny, it's I, I think it's a boatload of of fun, and uh, hats off to our friends up north. Um, boy, they they sure have given us a lot of. Uh, it's easy to sort of. Um, Lump American and Canadian entertainment into one. But uh, the Canadians are re- responsible for some of the best comedy. Uh, boy, SCTV and Kids in the Hall and um, uh, Matthew Perry. <laughs> all uh, all things and people that make me laugh. So uh, Trailer Park Boys, all of it. Uh, that's what I enjoyed. Uh, some good uh, letters came in this week. Thank you very much. For sending them to um the uh Josh Podcast at the at bob and Uh here's a good question from Kevin. He says, Did your brothers grow up listening to the Bob and Tom show like you did? If so, what did they think of you being on the show? They did, because I would I would order all the CDs. I would order this any anytime a new Bob and Tom C D came out, I would order it. Um I remember ordering them. Uh, from the phone, uh, it was. I think it was one eight hundred. Buy this, and I would call, and I'd have to have uh, a credit card. I think I man the first time I had to use like one of my parents' credit cards or something, and um, ordered Factory Air, a CD <laughs> from the mid nineties, and then uh, I just kept ordering from then. And so my brother and I would have my dad and my brothers listen to them, and they all loved them. And uh, then we kind of we. Uh, a couple of my brothers and I, we would, we fancied ourselves mixtapeologists. And so we would, uh, uh, mix some of our favorite songs with some of our Bob and Tom bits onto one cassette. And then whenever we were driving around with our friends, we would pop the cassette in and listen to good music and good comedy. And, uh, that was fun to do. Um, sometimes we would even, my brother Jeff figured out how to overlay, um, to think, so there would be like, let's say, um, Frampton, um, Do You Feel Like We Do? And then whenever there weren't singing, when it was just sort of instrumental, he would put in over it a Bob and Tom bit or or a bit of comedy from some stand-up album that we had. So it was like this weird mashup of music and comedy. And uh, it, we loved it. We just thought it was so cool and fun. So, uh, now they're excited that I'm on the show and, uh, they get a kick out of me being teased and, um, you know, they, they, they get a real kick out of, uh, out of it. So, uh, yeah, it's great. It's, um, it's great. And they like being, uh, mentioned uh, to a certain degree (laughs) whenever, you know, one of the, their silly antics comes up on the air or something like that. So they are fans and, uh it's uh yeah it's it's fun, it's very fun, uh Jake wrote in with um boy, really good questions here he uh he says, what movie scene would you love to watch over again for the first time and then he also says, what movie did you not see in theaters that you wish you would have well, um I'll I'll be on. Oh boy! And speaking of Stephen King, he said the movie he ki- he's really kicking himself for not going to the theater to watch was Doctor Sleep. Man, that was a good flick. I, I liked it. It's this the sequel to The Shining, essentially, and um, uh, good movie. Um, I also did not see that in the theater, but uh, I watched it on HBO or something. And um, uh, I I yeah, I wish I had seen it in the theater. There there aren't a, a ton of modern movies. That I didn't catch in the theater, that I wish I had. You know, like um, I I typically would go; I would just go see it. And if I didn't go to the theater to see it, it was because I I knew I could wait. Um, So, a lot of the movies that I wish I had seen in theaters that I didn't, um, I some of uh, some of them, I just wasn't I wasn't around when they came out. Um, Those that those that were that I was probably, but I was considered too young to go see. Uh, Goodfellas, I would have loved to have seen when it initially came out in theaters. Silence of the Lambs, I would have loved to have seen in a crowded theater. Um, I, I was just a kid when the when those came out. You know, maybe ten or something. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't have been unless my parents took me, but they, they, they weren't going to. So, <laughs> um, those definitely I would have. Uh, man, had to uh, Silence of the Lambs. I'm sure some of you listening saw it. In a, in a crowded theater, probably. You know what's interesting? It came out around this time of year. And uh, w- w- the interesting thing about it is it ended up winning all these Oscars over a year later. So that's very rare for um, a movie to come out ve- in January um, and then win like Best Picture. I mean, it swept the Oscars, essentially. So um, you might say, well, no, I've seen movies that have come out. Um, early in the year that went on to win. Well, it's because they were either re-released because they were nominated for Oscars, or they uh, were showing in other cities, just not yours, until later. So, uh, *Sounds of the Lambs* was a mass release early in that year, um, and it w- it wasn't uh, eligible for for. I, I, I'm going to be wrong here. But let's say it came out in 1990. I don't quite remember. It wasn't eligible for the 1990 Academy Awards is what I'm saying. So um, it eventually won them in 91 uh, or whatever the years were. But, yes, I think you get what I'm saying. But pretty interesting. But, man, seeing that in a crowded theater must have been great. It's so thrilling and scary and uh, and just wonderfully made that I bet – Most of the audience was breathless during some of those scenes. Um, Maybe, maybe a fair amount of nervous laughter at at other times. It's uh, that would have been cool. Um, I think the movie I would have loved to have seen in the theater uh, the most was or is a comedy from the '60s called "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." It's such an epic comedy. It runs like three hours and it's got this gigantic cast and there's so much going on and there's such wonderful scenery and um, action scenes comedic, comedically done that uh, I would have loved to have seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World in the theater. My dad saw it in the theater and he said it was one of the greatest uh, theater-going experiences he had because it was shown on something called CinemaScope where it was essentially three big movie screens put together um, and, and and somewhat of a curve. And so you would watch the action start at like the, the most left screen and then it would cross over to the middle screen and then go to the right. And there was, he said you could see lines between the screens, but they weren't huge. They weren't like these big missing gaps. They were just little lines, thin lines. But he, if you've seen that movie, you know that at the end there's this uh, wonderful scene where everybody's trapped on a uh, an extended fire truck ladder, and it starts swinging back and forth. And uh, he said to watch that ladder go uh, all the way over to the right, the end of the right screen, and then all the way over to the edge of the left screen. It was just such a treat, and I, I bet it was. And I I, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, so that's my that's my biggest uh, on that. If you haven't seen, it's a mad, mad, mad. Mad World, uh, allot yourself a Sunday afternoon or or uh, something like that, and give it a watch. I mean, it is, it's one of the funniest movies ever made. It's it's just hysterical, and you'll be floored by the amount of people you know in it. Um, excellent, <laughs> it's just one of the greatest comedies ever made. Um, what movie scene would you love to watch over again for the first time? I'll be honest, I. Mm, man, oh, man. There are movies, whole movies that I would love to watch over again for the first time just to get that uh, that initial feel. I remember seeing there's something about Mary on opening night, and uh, there weren't a lot of people there. Um, my friends and I were excited because it was uh, the same guys who made Kingpin, and we loved Kingpin. Um, and so... Uh, it was like, hey, let's go see their new movie. It's got to be funny. Um, of course, I'm talking about the the Farrelly brothers. Um, but they kind of they they had made Dumb and Dumber, and they had made Kingpin. Dumb and Dumber was a huge hit, and Kingpin was uh, less of a hit. But in my mind, uh, at at very at the very least, equally as funny, and. Um, but they they didn't have the mega hit that would be something about Mary yet. So on opening night, going to see something about Mary for the first time was uh, we were overjoyed at how funny that movie was. And I'll be honest with you, I have not watched it since. I have seen clips. Um, I, you know, if I'm if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I might watch four or five minutes here or there. But I haven't sat down to watch it from, from uh, beginning to end because I just know the magic of uh, it, it has faded. Uh, that first viewing was so fun and so so riotous, uh, quite frankly, that I just don't think a second view. Maybe enough time has passed now to where I could, and I probably should, because I'm sure there are so many jokes that I, I don't remember. We all remember the key, you know, the, the big... Uh, sort of set pieces, uh, the biggest uh, laugh scenes. But, um, yeah, uh, um, y- this might surprise some of you, too. A movie that I would love to to watch again over for the first time is Titanic. I- I'm a big defender of that movie. And um, do you, I mean, you remember seeing it for the first time? The emotion? the 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 thrill and uh, the 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 heartbreak and the sadness and the uh, the awe i mean my god i would love to watch titanic again for the first time and feel all those things um you know I, I, maybe it's time i do because it's been a really long time uh that was one i saw twice in the theater and uh I remember being really struck by so you see it the first time and of course you feel all the feels as the uh, kids what would say 2 years ago and uh <laughs> you you um and then when I went to see it the second time as soon as it started and that music that sort of uh that that music started the violins and, and that Celine Dion melody or whatever and all this came like rushing back where I went oh geez what am I what am I put, gonna put myself through again <laughs> and uh, man that was that was really really quite quite an experience I hope you uh, really lost yourself selves in some of these movies um, maybe they weren't Titanic and they weren't uh, something about Mary but I I, I hope that you have exper- memories like that where you meant man that movie meant so much like i just felt so much when i watched it i really lost myself and i wish i could watch it over again for the first time man the original halloween i would love to watch over again for the first time because quite frankly i've i've watched it so much that um i i'm not nearly as scared uh, as i was when i was a kid say um or even when i rediscovered it um like in my teens when blockbuster video was selling uh, like a VHS copy of it. And I, I went, Oh, I should own this. I remember really being terrified by this and then then watching it going. I, yes, understandably that movie, uh, scared the hell out of me. So I'd love to go back and watch that and be scared again as, but I still really appreciate it and watch it a lot. Um, that kind of leads to a, uh, another question that was sent in by by Greg what who are your favorite horror movie characters or monsters specifically which uh which who's which one scared you or um, affected you the most growing up or even now that's a fun question uh I was kind of a a franchise horror fan when I was a kid. So I loved all the Friday the 13th and all the nightmare on Elm streets and the Halloween's Michael Myers scared me the most because he was the most, um, there was to me, he, there was, he was the most realistic of that, that ilk. And he was, uh, there was a lot of mystery behind his, um, impulses and (laughs) actions. It was like, why is this man, Stalking and killing people. (laughs) That was horrifying. And the fact that he wore that blank mask where you as the viewer could just uh, project your your own worst fears onto it, essentially. A brilliant move by the filmmakers and uh, so effective. Um, I also loved, you know, Chucky and, um, oh, just a a lot of those. um, But... Michael Myers really uh, was probably my favorite and probably still is my favorite horror movie character. I love Leatherface and all that stuff. But um, um, that is an interesting thing about some of these horror movies is that you end up kind of rooting for the villain. And, um, I mean, going back to Silence of the Lambs, if you told me that when Hannibal Lecter escaped... From his uh, cubic cell, um, if you told me that you were like upset that he was out there, he he escaped and he was free, and that you were really mad or angry or sad about it, I wouldn't totally believe you. I'd go a, a little bit of you didn't want him to escape. Um, I don't buy it. <laughs> um, it's weird that we wanted him to escape, but it's just uh, human nature. We we there's part of us that wants to see. The villain do their thing. Uh, It's 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 got to come from very base part of our brains, uh, but it's there, and um, you can run from it if you want. But uh, I uh, I think you'll be uh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I have no idea what that means. There's no reason to threaten you. Um. (laughs) Any hue. the the movies that are scaring me now are um these movies like uh the witch uh hereditary and midsummer those are the movies that have really affected me the most lately where um horrible things are happening and going on around you and you can't you you're in like no control it's almost like uh the world has conspired against you, and you cannot escape from from that worldview. The, the, the idea of being trapped in a situation, and I won't get too much into the specifics of those movies. If you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I, I think you'll be able to glean sort of my point here. It's just, uh, you know, sort of that Rosemary's Baby thing too. If you've seen that, of just, oh my gosh, I I've been surrounded by lunatics the whole time, or forces beyond my control my fate sort of been decided um and I didn't know it to me that just really creeps me out um and all, and all those movies do that as opposed to oh I have to fight um this monster in front of me there's these these uh hidden forces really have been uh yeah just, it, that really gives me the creeps these days uh, I'm sure it, I'm sure I we could delve into how it's all about uh, aging, or uh, have I done with with my life what I want, or you know what I mean? Whatever, uh, it has to do with something, with something like that. Um, man, oh man, I, you know, I, I do, I do worry that uh, maybe I talk about um, film and and books and other media uh, too much on this podcast. But I have to be honest; it's a huge part of my life. Uh, um, not only. As a cons- being a consumer of these things, but also being a, a creator of these things, I, I love writing and I love uh, you know mapping out uh, screenplays and uh, writing short stories and and that, and I mean outside of what I write for the Bob and Tom show or my stand up, I like delving into this other stuff too. So um, forgive me if it's uh, if it ends up being too much, but it, these questions. Really, um, I, I really love answering them and getting them, and they just remind me a lot of um, being a kid and going to the video store and renting movies for the weekend or the night. I am a little sad, quite honestly, that my... well, my future kids won't know that experience, and that my nieces and nephews don't know that experience um, because it was I think for all of us such a treat to get in to go all right it's Friday night let's go get a movie and to go get in the car and to go to the movie the the, the video store whether it be a, a big chain like Blockbuster or family video or whether it be a mom and pop video store in your neighborhood um, I, there was something about not knowing what you were going to get and going in there and first off boy remember really knowing knowing that a new movie was out on video and then going to that wall of new releases and scanning it to see if if a copy was there and if it was oh you <laughs> it was like winning the lottery you're like this i cannot believe this one, especially if you went to blockbuster and there was a there was literally like, an entire shelf of, say, True Lies. And uh, all of the, the uh, you could see that they were all rented out, but one. Oh, my God! <laughs> you, were the, you were the winner of the weekend. It was uh, just amazing. And then going, oh, man, they're all checked out. Well, what else can I get? And just browsing the shelves. And a lot of times it was a mixture of desire, what you wanted to get, and luck, what was available. So um, it was great. And how cool was it when you went, all right, I guess I'll rent this. And it was a movie you ended up loving. Oh, I mean, I did that a couple times going to see movies in the theaters. I remember two very distinct times. One was the movie Braveheart. I was an usher at the theater and I went, you know what, I'm off work. I guess I'll watch this Braveheart movie. I really have no interest in it. I like Mel Gibson, but this doesn't really seem to be my cup of tea. And if that didn't become one of my favorite movies at that time, and I haven't watched it in in a long time, I I really should, again because a hell of a movie, and I loved it. And I went, I cannot believe I almost didn't want to see this. The same thing happened with Gladiator, where I I remember my mom and I went and saw it. And uh, um, I I think, I don't know why she wanted to see it. Well, who am I kidding? I'm sure she saw a commercial with a shirtless Russell Crowe, and uh said, Josh, you want to go see that Gladiator movie? <laughs> but we went, and I I sort of begrudgingly went and loved it. And there was a similar thing when you would rent a movie that you, you, you had gone to the video store to get something else that wasn't available, so you got a different thing, and you ended up loving it. Man, oh, man, I would browse for so long videos. The old movies just going, man, I should eventually watch this one day or that. And it kind of became a thing where, and this was also sort of financially uh, um, dictated, where you could get a new release, you'd get one new movie and one old movie because the old movies were much cheaper to rent. So um, that's what I would do. I'd either get a favorite or I'd get an old movie that I'd never seen and a new release. And uh, I bet most of the time I would watch the movies we rented more than once. Most of the time, because it was, you weren't going to have it forever. It wouldn't be readily available. So, that's the thing. Now, it's Netflix and all these streaming services are awesome. You go on there, you see what's new, you see what's old, you uh, you watch what you want when you want. But the thing about it is, my kids and my nieces and nephews will never know the thrill of the movie being available. Because it just always will be. It'd be wild if uh, one weekend Netflix had Video Store Weekend, where you would log in and some of the movies you wanted to watch just weren't available. <laughs> they like blocked them out for like a couple days, and you had to wait. Like, oh, what? Actually, it would go. That would never. Ha- it wouldn't go over well at all. It might be kind of thrilling for parents to see how their kids would react, but. Uh, it just wouldn't. Would, they would be so mad and baffled that what they wanted when they wanted it wasn't there. <laughs> just fun memories, fun things to think about. And um, uh, I appreciate uh, the uh, the letters. Just keep sending them in. Josh podcast at Bob and Tom dot com. If I don't get back to yours, please don't be don't have your feelings hurt or anything like that, I get a, I get a fair amount of them, so I'm not always able to respond to all, although I honestly do my best to uh, at least say, hey, thanks for the the message. Um, all right, let's see, what can we... Uh... Oh, one thing I wanted to do here was kind of go over some of the things that we've been working on before we actually get to what it is we want to work on this week. Um Also, real quick, in one of my first episodes, I talked about playing this game on my phone called Snake.io. It's an app. I I love it. I'm still playing it. I thought for sure that I would overplay it within a couple months and then eventually delete it because I was so sick of it. Well, what's happened is I've overplayed it, and I'm by no means tired of it, so I'm still on there. If you are playing Snake.io, send me your handle. I'd love to know... Uh if you if you're <laughs> what your that the name of your snake is. Um I am I'm ruthless, I'll be honest. I am murdering snakes on there. Um that's my main goal to kill as many snakes as other snakes as I can, as opposed to getting as big as I can by eating the pellets. I just like to murder the other snakes. So <laughs> So I've probably murdered you. I apologize. My snake name is Pliskin. Um I I, I like to think that I've become that that like there's some uh snake io chat boards out there or whatever like reddits where they go man this Pliskin guy's really ruining our our time all he does is murder us <laughs> that's what i have in my head that that's what's going on that i'm sort of like this villain of uh, snake so um if, if that's not tr- i don't want to know that that's not the case i'm I, let me believe it so um anyway if i've murdered you on snake uh, i'm not sorry about it that's what the game's uh, look it's all for one baby um uh, or one for all. What, what's the? It's it's every man for himself. That's what I meant. Every man for himself, baby. <laughs> Boy, this is uh, this. I, what are you still listening for? So, um, anyway, I thought it might be fun to go back on the things that we're working on and see if we're still working on them or if we've dropped them. Um, don't tailgate. Are you? Uh, are you not tailgating? uh what if i just did that i just i just read (laughs) because that's what i'm doing i'm flipping through my old notes here (laughs) uh i still am not tailgating and i hope you're not uh either saying you're welcome are you doing that when people say thank you instead of are you saying are you actually saying you're welcome instead of no thank you because it's real easy to just go hey thank you you're welcome and thank you Say you're welcome first. It makes the person feel good. Trust me. Um, what are some of the others here? Report good service. We should be doing that. Flossing. My God. If you're not flossing, uh, I'll tell you what. There's some stuff between your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is not going the way I thought it would. I, I what it, what's, what's end up happening is... Uh, I am just uh, stating as obvious thing I like this has just become way too obvious. Like uh uh here this one was just says give yourself a break. Hey, if you're not giving yourself a break, that means you're uh you're not uh resting enough. <laughs> anyway, let's get to <laughs> I Look, I apologize for wasting your, the last two minutes of your life. I owe you. And so I will make it up to you in some way. Thank you for bearing with me. And let's get to what to work on this week. Oh! Boy. That is good music, I bet. I bet this week you're going, yeah, thank God that's blank now. That means this is almost over. <laughs> All right. I got a little help with this one because quite honestly, uh, today I went, man, I, I'm all set for the podcast, but I don't really have something for us to work on this week. That's where I came up with the hare-brained idea of, uh, well, maybe I'll just go through uh, the older ones and see how we're doing. <laughs> but as you can see, I didn't end up really, uh, I didn't think that that was being uh, very uh, effective. So um, I asked Jess Hooker, who you're familiar with from... The Bob and Tom Show and the Bits and Pieces podcast, which you should be listening to if you're not. It's a delight. And um, uh, yes, and she said, you know what? This is something that I would like people to work on. I went, that's great. And so uh, thank you, Jess, for this suggestion for what to work on this week. It's taking compliments and, and just accepting them for what they are. This is a really good thing to work on. Because sometimes we have trouble uh, accepting compliments, don't we? So the next time somebody compliments you, just say, Oh my gosh, thank you very much. That's really all you have to do. So uh, it's, uh, it, it was Jess's contention that a fair amount of women have trouble uh, accepting compliments because what will happen is, she said, I'll say, Oh, that's a lovely dress. And instead of saying, instead of the person going, Oh, thank you so much, they go, oh no, I've had this forever and I got it on sale at Target and I just was, there's like a whole, there's a whole uh, sort of monologue as to why you shouldn't have complimented me on it. (laughs) And I, you know, there's something to be said for being humble, but really, when somebody's complimenting you, uh, accept it. And it doesn't matter if they mean the compliment or not. And here's what I mean. If some, if you think Somebody is complimenting you sort of sarcastically, but they're not they're not like they want you to think that they're being genuine. But, you know, they're not saying thank you so much is going to stick in their craw. It's they're not going to care for that. If you give them the oh, no, this is an old sweater and uh, I, you know, I just it's laundry day. So if you give them uh, a reason to invalidate their own compliment, they're going to take it. They're going to go, in their head, they're going to go, oh, yeah, I, I I was just being nice, I, you don't have to give me. Whereas if you went, oh, my gosh, thank you so much, their hidden meaning will be completely lost, and they won't like it. <laughs> it's just, again, one of these weird human nature things. So uh, especially just take the compliment when someone's being genuine, but if you have a suspicion they're not, really play up the, oh my, that is so sweet of you. And they're going to end up feeling maybe a little bad that, oh, I really wasn't being that sweet. Uh, And um, when somebody's not being nice, I think it's always fun to uh, let them um, set in their own ugliness by uh, (laughs) subtly reminding them that they weren't being nice. But no, obviously, just take, when somebody's complimenting you, just accept it. They're being nice, and um, uh, don't try to argue with them. Don't try to give excuses. They're complimenting you, and uh, for good reason. You deserve it. Because, well, first and foremost, you listened to this entire episode. And my God, if you don't deserve some sort of reward For that. Thank you for joining me uh, here at that Josh Arnold podcast. I will see, I'm going to guess, 80% of you next week.